This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. In the shotgun, Carr's going to throw, pumps, looks end zone, throws for the end zone, wide open, James Jones, touchdown, Raiders! I'm not a big gambler, I only play the slots, because you know what they say, scared money, don't make money, and I got scared money. Rodgers, to the end zone, caught for the touchdown, James Jones! Gruden has not coached since 2008. So what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level? You know, and it's just Cali swag. What's good, Raider Nation? This is Keeping It 300, brought to you by Blue Wire and our friends at Blue Chew and BetOnline.ag. I'm Fallon Smith with my guy, James Jones. What's good, JJ? What's crackalackin', Fallon? What's going down? Oh, you know, just chilling, ready for this baby to come out. <laughs> oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come out, man. It'll be out before you know a little man be running around, and you're going to be like, sit your butt down somewhere in the middle. <laughs> it's a long ways from now. It's a long uh, ways, but I'm ready. All right. all right, well, it is Wednesday night, April 29th. In this episode, we're going to recap the Raiders 2020 draft class will give out our overall draft grade and make some O2 early predictions for the 2020 season. Now, the Raiders got seven guys in the top 139 picks, so all of their picks were actually in the first four rounds. They didn't pick in the fifth, sixth, or seventh rounds. And honestly, James, I didn't have a problem with this because with the offseason programs wiped out and uh, these later round guys see no reps before training camp where their reps are already going to be limited at training camp. I think it's safe to say those guys are going to have, you know, an even tougher time making NFL rosters this year. So in my opinion, the Raiders getting their guys in the first four rounds isn't really a bad thing at all. Absolutely not. I mean, and you very rarely see seventh round picks turn into superstars. It happens but it doesn't happen often. So yeah. I, don't, I don't mind that. But what the Raiders did in the draft, man, I, between them, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, I liked what the Kansas City Chiefs did, man. I feel like they won the draft, man. A lot of these guys are very, very, very good football players. So I'm excited to see. 
And like I said, they're receivers, so they're going to have to get up to pace because we know Coach Gruden got a million plays in his offense, so they are going to have to take advantage of this virtual workout program. They need to get D.C. number right now, ASAP, and they need to be, they need to be zooming. They need to be <laughs> time, and they need to be doing all that type of stuff to get caught up so when they do hit training camp, they can hit this thing running and understand the offense. Well, let me roll off some of the names of the new Raiders. They have signed eight undrafted free agents. We will not discuss them but here are the guys that they drafted so we already know 12th overall wide receiver Henry Ruggs III out of Alabama 19th overall corner Damon Arnett out of Ohio State 80th overall Lynn Bowden Jr. out of Kentucky he's a running back receiver even played a little quarterback Mm -hmm. then you have 81st overall receiver Brian Edwards out of South Carolina 100th overall linebacker slash safety Tanner Muse out of Clemson. They like their Clemson guys. At 109, guard John Simpson out of Clemson as well. And with their final selection at 139th overall, they took corner Amik Robertson out of Louisiana Tech, La Tech. So I'm going to say this. I was a little surprised they didn't draft a D-tackle or maybe even an edge rusher, but that just tells me they're confident, you know, in their free agent signings uh, with Malik Collins and with Carl Nassib. Collins, I think, will start on the interior, and Nassib is just a nice addition to Crosby and Farrell on the edge. And, you know, John Gruden and Mike Mayock have a lot of confidence in Nassib and what he's going to contribute to this team because they paid him a pretty penny. <laughs> so I think that they expect him to make an impact right away as well. But you know what this draft told me? The biggest thing that this draft told me for the Raiders, James? What? Is that John Gruden and Mike Mayock strongly believe that their biggest area of weakness Last season was at wide receiver, okay? Because they selected three wide receivers with their first four picks, if you count Bowden as, uh, you know, a wide out. It was not their quarterback position. It was not Derek Carr. It was their wide receiver position. That's what this draft told me. And, yeah. of course, their yeah. second, uh, their other area of need was at corner. Yeah. And they addressed that as well. Well, Fallon, I told you, and I've been telling you that I'm going to be a GM in this league one day, right? And I said... The Raiders need to get that Ferrari. <laughs> yes. You are going up against the Kansas City Chiefs who has that Ferrari, and we've seen what having that Ferrari can do. It makes it easier on everybody, the defense, the special teams, everybody. And they load it up on the offensive side of the ball, mm-hmm. and they are building up for that for Ferrari. You already have a big-time running game. You sign Nelson Aguilar in free agency. You draft three more receivers. You draft a guy from Kentucky that could do it all, a Randall Cobb type guy that could come in there, and you could do the Wildcat. He could line up at running back. You could put him at receiver. Mm-hmm. He's a very good slot receiver. So they are building that Ferrari, and I'm excited to see how it's going to end up, man, because you have all the firepower you want right now. You have a very good quarterback, a big-time O-line, a very good running back, and you got a bunch of receivers that could do a bunch of different things. So I'm excited about it. A lot of these guys are versatile. Like I said, they're not just speed guys. They are football players, receivers, football players, so you can move them all over the field. So I'm excited. Coach Gruden should have fun this season putting guys in position to make some plays and we already discussed our thoughts on you know the Raiders two first round picks so if you missed that podcast from Friday night from day one of the draft then go back and listen but I'm not going to dive into those two picks today but I did want to say this because it's funny that you're like so pumped up and excited because of course your tune has changed a little bit and it did throughout 
us doing that podcast last Friday. We were a little salty when they took rugs over uh, CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy. But dude, looking at more tape and diving deeper into the stats, um, I think that he's going to be a great, great fit with this Raiders offense. It was more of a scheme fit. And as you mentioned, you know, the Raiders are trying to get faster and match the speed of the Chiefs. And his big play potential gets me excited. But this is what gets me excited. Look at the receivers that the Raiders have, right? You have rugs. As your Z, right? Tyrell Williams or that rookie Brian Edwards as your X. You got Hunter Redfro in the slot. Then you add in Darren Waller at tight end and Josh Jacobs at running back. Uh, Woo-wee! This offense is looking pretty nice. And then you add in that that gadget player in Bowden from Kentucky. And this is where John Gruden can make his money. See how creative he is, how how big of an offensive guru he really is, right? Let me let me tell you something, though, man. This offense can can really be freaky, freaky scary. If Nelson Aguilar plays the way Nelson Aguilar could play. So you're going back on Aguilar. Okay. Yes, because if you're talking about now, and this is what I'm talking about, a true Ferrari. Okay. You know, if you're talking about you got Henry Ruggs on one side, Tyrell Williams on the other side, you got Darren Waller as a tight end. I like I like Hunter Renfro, but athlete wise, if you put a Nelson Aguilar in there who is fofo. <laughs> who yeah. was a who was a big body in the slot that can run and run routes as well? That takes the offense to a whole nother level if he can play the way he's supposed to play. Now we all know Hunter Renfro is consistent. He gonna be where he's supposed to be, when he's supposed to be, how he's supposed to be. You know what I mean? Very smart player. But the more explosive player in the slot is Nelson Aguilar. And if he could come on and learn Gruden's offense and be that third piece to go in that slot and let Hunter Renfro and uh, Kentucky come in there and (laughs) replace him, (laughs) replace him, this offense could be very scary. But Nelson Aguilar, to me, can really be that piece to take the Raiders over the hump, especially in the slot. Especially in the slot with his speed. I, I like that proclamation, actually. But what about even putting in rugs? Rugs can be plugged in there, too, in the slot. Oh, rugs, rugs, rugs can play the slot. But you want to put rugs on the outside because, you know, if you man him up, that's where the ball is going to go. And True. we should be checking to a goal ball every time we see man to man. Just like and every time they man to man Tyreek Hill. Hey, check, 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 check. Yeah, go, okay. go. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you want him on the outside because if you man him up, ball go there. And then if you're not I go man him up you're gonna have some help over the top because of his speed you know what i'm saying so you want to put him out there to open everything up you put him in the slot it's it's so much easier to double him because it gets tighter in there you know what i'm saying you mm-hmm. put him on the outside you know what i mean then you're gonna have to slide a guy over the top of him and it opens it up for josh jacobs it's one-on-one for nelson aguilar hunter renfro tyrell williams darren waller you know what i'm saying and that and that's what henry ruggs presents you got gotta back up so so I know you're excited about this offense and as you know last year I mean the Raiders were top 10 when it came to what yards per play uh yards per pass but 24th in the league in scoring so hopefully they will be making a lot more house calls this year especially with rugs there and the other weapons that they have on their roster now just to quickly recap I don't want to get too deep into um, Damon Arnett, as we mentioned, we talked about him in depth in the last podcast, our, our Friday night first round draft podcast. Um, so Arnett was someone who John Gruden was really high on. Many say, you know, he was a reach at 19, but Gruden basically said, look, bro, you clearly didn't watch any film of Ohio State. OK, because I did. <laughs> and I believe that he is as good as Jeff Okuda, which is obviously really high praise. <laughs> 
Um, but the numbers are in Arnett's favor, actually, because he was targeted a ton because Akuda was on the other side, right? So teams ain't trying to throw towards him. <laughs> and with that, he had the lowest passer rating allowed in single coverage than any other corner in the draft. And get this, Gruden said Arnett reminds him of Akib Talib. Mm. So I like the Akib Talib comparison. That's definitely high praise, not a bad yeah. comparison. Guess who drafted Akib Talib? Gruden. <laughs> so mm-hmm. who would know best, right, when it comes to yeah. evaluating talent or evaluating a player like him? So Yeah, and it's crazy you say that because I've talked to Talib a bunch about Coach Gruden, and he absolutely loves Coach Gruden. Really? He said, you got to be a dog to play for Coach Gruden. And I'm a dog. <laughs> and he said, we had a bunch of dogs when we was in town. But he said, you got to be a dog when you play for Coach Gruden. He said, Gruden don't like soft people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He don't like soft players. So he said, no matter how good you are, if you softy, you can't play for Coach Gruden. You know what I'm saying? He said, and he said that, but he said he absolutely loves Coach Gruden. But, yes, for you to compare him to a guy that you scouted, that you brought in, you drafted in the first round to compare to him, you know what I mean? You did your studies and you know what you're talking about. But when I look at him, he's long. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a Tlaib. You know, he has the size of a Tlaib. He's been targeted a lot. You know what I mean? So he's battle tested. You know, you can't really count on one hand all the big plays that he's given up. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the catches that they show, these is slant routes that his catches, hitch routes that his catches. He hasn't given up the big play. So we'll see. They got a Ferrari on offense. So you know what that means, Fallon? That means the other team going to come out slanging the ball around <laughs> the yard, too. So the secondary is going to be tested. Oh, so I know, for he sure. Gonna have to, he going to have to wake up and show what he got very early. All right, so after the first round, the Raiders didn't end up getting into the second round like we thought that maybe they would, maybe they would trade up. But they didn't. But they did have three third-round picks. Now, the third round is where I said, you know, this is where Mike Mayock and the scouts are going to make their money. And before the draft, you know, Mayock even said, he came out and said, you know, in the third round, if you're doing your job right, you're going to come away with three starters. Mm. But when I look back at what they did, they drafted really for depth. Yeah. So that kind of made me kind of scratch my head a little bit because it got me excited. Like, ooh, what are they going to do with the third round? Then I saw the who they took and I'm like, Yo, these are death pieces, which is in bad because that actually means, what does it mean when you are uh, drafting for death? That you already have your starters and you're not completely in, in a rebuild. Yeah. With that said, let's start with one of their third round picks, their first third round pick, Lynn Bowden Jr., a dude who played running back, wide receiver, and quarterback at Kentucky, okay? This is a guy who, as I mentioned earlier, will be kind of your gadget player. You can use some wildcat with him, as you mentioned. And honestly, when he made this pick, when the the Raiders made this pick, I thought to myself, okay, Gruden, Mm -hmm. let's see what you're made of. Let's see how creative you can be Mm -hmm. with a versatile offensive weapon like Bowden. My question is, do you feel the Raiders needed a player like this or this was just kind of a luxury piece? A bonus piece. I feel like you need a player like this because having a player like this, you can go up against anybody and everybody, and you can switch up your offense if needed. If we got a ground and pound, yeah, we're going to use Josh Jacobs. We're going to run him in between the tackles. If we win in ball games, if we up, we want to kill the clock, we're going to use him. But when we were our most dangerous at the Green Bay Packers, Mm -hmm. we drafted Randall Cobb. We put four wide receivers on the field, and we put Randall Cobb in the backfield who was a receiver slash running back 
slash quarterback. And you know what that does? Um, and that you do? know what that does? That puts him on linebackers. Yeah. So now you have a receiver on a linebacker. You know what I mean? And a linebacker stands no chance trying to guard a quick, shifty receiver like these guys. Then, okay, let's a defense. Let's get smart. We're not going to have a linebacker on. We're going to bring in a corner so he can follow the running back in the back for the round. Okay. Now we're going to run it down your throat <laughs> and we're going to force this cornerback to tackle. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because now we have our tight end and our lineman blocking corners up in there. You know what I'm saying? Because you got to bring him in the box because Randall's in the backfield, you know? So that is where it could get very scary when you put that speed out there and then you could put him in the backfield and match him up on those linebackers. And he's built for tough to be able to run <laughs> in between the tackles, man, behind that old line and get some yards too. That's when this offense could be scary too. Cause now you've got to scout for all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? As defensive coordinators, how are you going to stop this stuff? How are you going to stop that? And that's when it gets scary. They could not stop our, our, our five wide personnel with Randall in the backfield. Now, I'm curious to see what this kind of means and how this will impact Jalen Rashard. First and foremost, this is all talk. We're saying what we want to happen. <laughs> yeah. Jalen Rashard is proven. We know what we're going to get out of him. We know he can do it all. We know he can catch out the backfield. We know he can run. That's why the Raiders extended him. So it's this young fella's job to come in and show that he can do all that to even get in the game. But, yes, Fallon, if he does show it, his touches are going to be limited because yeah. this dude is going to be a bigger factor in that passing game than Rashard could be and probably more explosive because he played receiver as well. You know what know. I'm saying? Like we had Eddie Lacy and those boys, but when we went to that old fight where the carries got to get taken away from Eddie Lacy, but we're more explosive in this package. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if he comes in and does his job and they do do a package like that, then yes, it's going to take some touch touches away from Jalen Rashard, but Jalen Rashard is going to get his still. I believe so too. And he'll maximize the, the reps he's given as well. Um, I know some fans though felt that the Raiders should have gotten Josh Jacobs, a, a backup bruiser type running back. No, you just signed Jalen Rashard. He's you don't need no backup bruiser. You don't even need a bruiser because you have your feature back in Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs can do it all. You <laughs> exactly. get a guy that could come in on third down and all that and spell him. You yeah. know, that's what you want. Jalen Rashard could do all that. Jalen Rashard could come in if Josh Jacobs got hurt and carry the load, you know. And then you draft a guy that's a Swift Army knife that could do everything. So no, I like them not going to get another running back. You sign Jalen Rashard, you got a guy that could play running back and receiver. So you got three very good dudes in that running back room now. I could get the job done. Okay. Next up was the Raiders' best value pick, in my opinion. Um, one of two. The other one comes later. Uh, wide receiver Brian Edwards out of South Carolina. Uh, big physical receiver, 6'3", 212 pounds, who only saw his stock drop in the draft because of a foot injury that kept him out of the combine. And teams couldn't bring him in you know, uh, for visits because of the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. uh, so in my opinion, he's a steal. I watch a lot of SEC football, and he made so many highlight reel plays, highlight reel catches um, in his career at South Carolina. And your favorite thing, <clears throat> he averaged 7.5 yards after the catch, yeah, which is the fifth most in the draft, only behind guys who went in the first round. Yeah. So I see him competing, you know, with Tyron Williams for that starting yeah. X spot, man. I watched a ton of film on him. 
And every time I turned on the tape, all I see is a route technician. And he's going to make the tough catch. He reminds me, you know, I don't like blowing smoke up my butt, but he reminds uh, me of another guy that used to play for the Raiders, and his name is Michael Crabtree. He, remi- he reminds me of Michael Crabtree. He's a savvy route runner, but hands ball in his area, his ball. You know what I'm saying? And when he and when DC did have a Michael Crabtree, yeah, he had a coupe on the other side that had a thousand. But when the game was on the line, when it's third and ten, third and five, the ball was going to Crabtree. And every time I turn this dude's tape on, if it's a DB right there, he's making the play. If the if he routing the DB up, he making the play. But he is a route technician, man. He is a true football player and when I when I started studying him and watching film on him I'm like oh my goodness dude could play some football you know what I'm saying and his ball awareness and his ball skills is unbelievable I said man this dude is Michael Crabtree just got taken in the third round <laughs> that's actually really high praise I think Raider Nation is going to be excited for you to make that comparison that's for sure Whew, all I got to say is guys like Zay Jones Keelan Doss Marcel Aitman they're going to be battling for roster spots this summer that is for sure but moving on Uh, The Raiders were busy in free agency, as we know, um, filling in the need at linebacker, which they did, thankfully. Uh, But they also drafted Tanner Muse out of Clemson. Okay, as I mentioned, they love their Clemson guys. Uh, He's kind of a hybrid linebacker safety type, but the Raiders see him playing linebacker and right now being uh, big on special teams for the upcoming season. And get this, James, he called himself a special teams war daddy. And that quote went viral, obviously. I know John Gruden and Mike Mayock totally love that. Um, Now, many projected him as a fifth or sixth round pick. Okay, He got taken in the third round by the Las Vegas Raiders. Apparently, Gruden and Mayock were blown away with how smart the guy is. They Mm -hmm. raved about, you know, all their meetings that they had via Zoom. Um, So, obviously, we have to see if those smarts translate, you know, to the football field with football play. But right now, he's more of a developmental uh, backup special teams guy. Um, And he also happens to be Cleland Farrell's best friend. So, so that's kind of a nice bonus. But I kind of still was a little confused with this pick only because... I feel they needed to get more depth with the interior line up front. You know, get a D tackle, even maybe add somebody off the edge. So was this a little surprising? Well, first, first and foremost, man, when you when you zoom with a guy and you know he's he's just determined to play special teams and determined to do the little things to help your ball club win. Bring him on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you cannot have enough of those guys on your team. You cannot have enough of the Slaters from the Patriots on your team. You need those guys. You need those guys on your team because those are the guys that make your team go. You know what I'm saying? And listen, I tell all the rookies, you know, rookie wide receivers used to come into Green Bay and I'm like, bruh, are you looking around this room? Do you (laughs) see the receivers in this room? So your way on this team is special teams. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And if you... So embrace that, take that, because if you make plays on special teams, eventually you'll find yourself in the rotation at wide receiver. If somebody goes down, you already dress because you 
out on special teams. But you need those guys, man. You need those guys that are going to sell out on special teams because a lot of these guys are coming from college. They have been the stars. Oh, you want me to run down on gutter, man? I'm better than that. And you got that type attitude. No, so yeah. you got a dude that's coming in already embracing this like, man, hey, I'm here for all this. Stuff. You know, That rubs off on your teammates. You know what I mean? If he turns out to be a very good player and still has that attitude, that that's huge. But at the same time, man, you listen. You, you're going off of off of what you know, what mm-hmm. you've seen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you could have added some depth at D-tackle. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you need some teamers. You need some depth in the secondary as well. So I don't mind the pick at all. I think that he's going to be the quote-unquote Gruden grinder. I think Gruden is probably obsessed with this dude, <laughs> especially yeah. to take him so high when he was projected as a fifth or sixth-round pick. So To sixth, seventh round, too, Fallon. They took me in the third. All the Packer fans booed me, and here we are. Nah, you're, right, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'll hit like that, man. Now you got to now you gotta just go in there and prove yourself. <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right. All right, we have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we will discuss the Raiders' final two draft picks, and then we will hand out our draft grades and then look ahead to the 2020 season and how competitive the AFC West is going to be. Oh, my goodness. Let's just say it's going to be a battle. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Wire listeners, with currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there is nothing to bet on, right? Well, guess what? You're wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker to blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Are you missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor also, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. It's all open 24 hours a day and all online. All you have to do is go to betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE and join today to receive your welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. So this is for all my male listeners out there. Guys, are you looking to last longer and maybe go a few extra rounds? Well, you need to get Blue Chew. BlueChew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to a whole nother level. Yeah, they've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. And since they're chewable, they work even faster. You could take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Nope. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost, and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. If you visit BlueChew.com, you get your first order for free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. All you have to do is pay $5 for shipping. That is it. Again, that's BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, and use the promo code BLUEWIRE and get your first order for free. You won't regret it. All right, we are back. So, final two draft picks. We'll start with their first pick in the fourth round, and that was at 109. Guard John Simpson out of guess where? 
Clemson, <laughs> of course. This is what made me confused. I was surprised because we mentioned in the podcast before, like the Raiders have so many freaking guards. Aren't they going to be shopping around Gabe Jackson? This is before they made this pick in the fourth round. Yeah. And they picked up another guard. So I'm like, yeah. okay, what in the world's going to happen? And so when they drafted him in the fourth round, everyone said, okay, this is going to, this signifies the end of Gabe Jackson. who's going to be dealt probably later today, but apparently the Raiders couldn't find a trade partner for him. I mean, who wants to take on that $9.6 million salary? So the Raiders have a decision to make, James, because by June, that $9.6 million is going to be guaranteed. So they have to make a decision soon. Um, So I was very surprised, though, that they added another guard just because there's so many guards battling for spots on the roster um, this summer. So was this a surprising pick? And what the heck do you think is going to happen with Gabe Jackson? Well, it's not a surprising pick if you if you're trying to shop Gabe Jackson and get Gabe Jackson out of there. And then again, if you cannot get Gabe Jackson out of there, you have Gabe Jackson there for another year, and this young fella gets to learn behind Gabe Jackson and Richie Incognito and those guys at guard and be able to come in there next year and fill in for Gabe if they do find a trade partner for him. So I don't mind the pick, especially if he he was one of the best players available. He actually was. Now we'll yeah, say this exactly. great value. He was projected a third rounder and fell in the fourth round so it was actually a great value pick exactly so if you're able to get him off out of a very good out of a very good college very good yeah. very good franchise been in a national Jesus. championship you know year after year but listen you got you got a bill for the future and yes yeah. it might look stupid right now but hey this kid gets to come in there and learn from a bunch of big time old linemen that the raiders have and if they do deal gabe jackson you know next year or this year you know what i'm saying he could fill in and fill the role and he's gonna be in year two of gruden's system and 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 fill in right 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 where gabe jackson left off so I like the pick. Sometimes you have to suck it up and take people and put them behind good players and get some depth, whether you're going to trade them, whether you're going to keep him, so they can learn and be able to just jump in right there in the offense, don't miss a step. Well, I will say this. He does prefer playing on the left side. He played primarily left guard, not right well, guard. Well, you play wherever we yeah, put no. you. <laughs> I know you were going to say that. But, I, I mean, how would you feel if you're Gabe Jackson right now? You know the Raiders have been trying to get rid of you. And then let's just say they can't. You're like, okay, we're going to either cut you or let's just keep you for another year. Don't you go into camp kind of feeling yeah. a little salty? I don't go into camp feeling no type of way. I'm doing, I'm doing $9 million. If you cut me, somebody else going to sign me to a very good contract as well. So okay. do whatever y'all got to do. I done made a bunch <laughs> of I done made a bunch of plays in this league, showed the world what I could do. So if you guys cut me, you know what I'm saying? I'll go somewhere and sign three years, $30 million. <laughs> You know what I mean? And do what I got to do. And if you, if, if I just play one more year with you, I make $9 million. You could cut me after that. That's fine. My family will take care of. So if I gave Jackson, I ain't tripping. Okay, well, with their final selection, Raiders got, oh, in my opinion, probably their second best value pick, their second still, um, corner Amik Robertson out of Louisiana Tech. Now, why is he a still? Well, I'm going to actually be completely honest at first uh, how I was kind of scratching my head because I'm a hater when it comes to, I'm going to keep it 300, I'm a hater when it comes to smaller defenders. You know, I used to always hate on my guy, Carl Joseph. Now, I love me some Carl Joseph, but I just was always frustrated because he was so dang small and he couldn't cover tight ends. Now, Robertson is 5'8", 5'9", James, okay? Yeah. But this dude plays 
a lot bigger. And all you have to do is turn on the tape. And according to Pro Football Focus, this is kind of crazy. And I didn't even know this until last week. Uh, He was the highest graded cornerback in the past two college football seasons. Not last season, but both 2018 and 2019, which is pretty incredible, in my opinion, considering his size. And then check out these numbers. He allowed only nine catches on 38 targets with 24 forced incompletions last year. He has great instincts. He's physical. He plays with a ton of confidence. And this is a, t- a very confident guy. I follow him on, on Twitter. Uh, he has a chip on his shoulder. He feels like he has a lot to prove coming into this season. But because of his size, obviously he's going to play in the slot. So him and LaMarcus Joyner going to battle at camp for that nickel cornerback position. So I was first, like I said, like, oh, man, another small dude, like another LaMarcus. But actually, the upside here yeah. is it, pretty good. I, I think that, you know, the tape doesn't lie. Stats don't lie. I think he'll be a, a pretty darn good player for the Las Vegas Raiders. However, I still see LaMarcus Joyner, because of the short offseason, starting maybe in the slot yeah. and then bringing this dude along. And, and, and he's going to be kind of more so the future. So. Yeah, and you said it correct. No one cares about the size. Who cares? Turn the tape off. Yeah. You know, am, am I getting mossed? Is people completing passes on me left and right? Absolutely not. And I'm proving that week in and week out that I can guard anybody, the big ones, the small ones, the fast ones. It don't matter. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, no one cares about height. No one cares about all these numbers. You know, shoot. Russell Wilson. Kyler Murray, Drew Brees, no one cares. You know what I mean? It's my time. I get my opportunity. I go out there and play. And if you turn my tape on, I'm throwing the ball all over the yard if I'm Russell and Drew Brees and all that. And listen, if you turn my tape on and I'm covering you, I'm not giving up any completions. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, and that's that's the best thing. And that should get you drafted no matter what your size is. And yes, you put him in the slot. You know what I'm saying? And you, a lot of these slot receivers are smaller about his high size anyway. You know what I'm saying? So you get a guy in there that's savvy that's smart that don't give up completions in college and come in there and compete for the for the nickel spot and then again it's good to have that depth the joiner mm-hmm. goes down you got a guy that can come in there and Plug play in. me mm-hmm. you got you got to have those type guys but i've been saying depth 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 because once you get deep into the season you know what i mean guys start falling for little nagging and Injuries are where you got to have that depth so you can find a way to win these games late in the season. And again, I mentioned it earlier, when you're drafting for depth, guess what that means? That means you already have the pieces in place. You already have your starters in place, and you're not a rebuilding team. Yeah, this team had some holes to fill. They already f- filled those holes. And then guess what? They built some depth with those starting positions. So or behind the starting position. So uh, I think it's actually a good sign when the Raiders are drafting for depth and not drafting for starters. Um, Okay, with that said, overall draft grade, James... You want me to go first? You want to go first? Well, um, I'll go first, man. Like I said before, when this podcast first started, I felt like the Baltimore Ravens, the Las Vegas Raiders. The Cowboys. The Cowboys did well. I mean, the first pick. But other than that, you know, we'll see what the (laughs) The first pick because they got CeeDee Lamb. So, but I felt like the Ravens, I felt like the Chiefs did very well. The Raiders did extremely well. So I'm going to give the Raiders, just off of what I've seen, man, I'm going to give them an A. Okay. I'm, I'm going to give the Raiders an A just because I feel like they put 
they got all the right people at the right positions, man. And they, we said all offseason, build this offense into a Ferrari, and let's go see what happens, what Derek Carr do, is going to do. And that's what they did, and they got all the right pieces there if they could come in there and perform like we think they're going to perform. So right now, I give the Raiders an A. Is this just because you are being a homer, or are you really keeping it 300? No, man. If I didn't like the draft picks, I'd give them a D-plus quick. <laughs> Okay. But okay. but I, I really do like what they did, man. They got a bunch of really good football players, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Now, I do a lot of my studying on the offensive side of the ball, so I watched a lot of the receivers, and they got some very good football players. And that's that Ferrari. We already know they got the O-line and the running back. Now you got the receivers. You did what you were supposed to do in the draft, Raiders. I give you an A. Okay, so I'm not going to be as nice as you. They did fill their two biggest needs, wide receiver and corner, um, and then got some depth at other key positions. But I still would have liked to see them get, you know, uh, some interior line help on defense, maybe even an edge rusher. Yeah. You can't you can't get everything you want in I one know, <laughs> I know, I know. But I feel like they just fall too in love with these Clemson guys. Yeah. But that, that's the only thing. It's like I feel like they're just homers when it comes to Clemson. Like they're the Clemson Raiders. When you're the last one playing on TV – Okay, I I get it. More people see you. No, you're right. You're you're right. Um, But anyways, overall, I give them. I was gonna give them a B, but you kind of convinced me to to make my grade a little higher. So I'm gonna give them a B plus. That's still a good draft grade. That's a good draft grade. And you already know, like, shoot, I got an A for my draft in fantasy football, and and basically ended dang dang near last. So you were stinky. Yeah. (laughs) So basically, actually, no, I I made a run towards the end. But point is, it doesn't matter. You know, all these draft grades we give out, it just matters if they're gonna produce for you um, on the football field on Sunday. So we shall see. Um, all right, now last thing, James. The AFC West. When you look at what they did, um, I'm not going to actually go through like everybody who they signed, but let's start with the Chiefs. You know, they loaded up on defenders, but in the first round, they did add a piece of weapon to their offense. Running back out of LSU, Clyde Edwards Halar. You guys saw what he did in the national championship game. He's a beast. The Broncos, they had 10 freaking picks, um, and they got Jerry Judy and KG Hamler. Okay, so two really good wide receivers. And I'm going to throw this out here just because he went to Mizzou, but tight end Albert O. I'm not going to say his last name, but we call him Albert O because he has a long Nigerian last name. (laughs) But that's Drew Locke's former teammate and one of his favorite targets. That dude's a sleeper, so you're going to watch that. You have to watch out for him. But the Chargers, uh, you know, they drafted Justin Herbert, who they believe is going to be their franchise quarterback. They also got linebacker Kenneth Murray in the first round, who I think is a freaking stud. Mm -hmm. Um, They also added a running back out of UCLA, my alma mater, Josh Kelly, and then two receivers and a safety. Um, I'm not really too worried about what the Chargers did, to be honest. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a hater because I'm thinking it's going to be a rebuilding yeah, year. Get with the hate out, well, I'm just get saying. The hate I want to see what he could do as a rookie, but I'm just not going to show him a lot of love because they're going to be playing with the rookie quarterback, and I think our defense is going to be totally fine going up against the Chargers. But when I look at what the Chiefs did and what the Chiefs already have, and then I look at what the Broncos did and added on offense, I'm like. Two things. The AFC West, it's going to be fun to watch. But Lord have mercy, James. It's going to be a battle. So who are you worried about the most? Oh, man. Come on, man. I mean, obviously it's the Chiefs. Okay, fine. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. But the Broncos are going to be no slouch. So I guess that's what I'm worried about. But that's the thing, man. Division games are so tough. Like, I I look at what the Chargers did. The Chargers are going to be 
serious on defense if they can stay healthy. Big if. From what they from what they added, you got Casey Hayward, you got uh, oh, my yeah. man from Denver over there. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I forgot. What's my man Chris name? Chris Harris Jr. You got Chris Harris on the other side of yeah. him. Then you add Kenneth Murray in there. You got Bosa and Ingram. You get a healthy Berwin James back. Like the Chargers oh, yeah, are going right, right. to be serious on the defensive side of the ball, man. And I think I was just thinking about offense right now. Like, dang, they got some weapons. But anyway. And then I look at Denver. I mean, you add A.J. Boye. You get Bradley Chubb coming back. You got Von Miller. They all in the second year of Vic Vangio's defense. Then you say, you know what? We got to get our offense going man so you sign a melvin gordon to go in there with philip Lindsay. oh my you, gosh i forgot about melvin gordon yeah oh, so you sign joseph you know what i mean you already got Cortland sutton and you get two more guys to go with him you mentioned the tight end albert O. like man and this, have division no is, and this division is scary this man this is, is a this is a who plays the best is gonna win so that brings me i guess right now to the final question okay Seeing what the Raiders roster looks like right now, obviously it's like at 94, so they're going to have to make a few cuts in a few weeks before camp. But um, seeing what the roster is right now, obviously they upgraded several positions. Obviously this team is way better on paper right now than they were a year ago. Uh, That's obvious. What do you think, so this is a two-parter, what do you think the regular season record will be for the Raiders in 2020 and where will they finish in the AFC West? 2020 Raiders will be 11-5. and And Fallon, I wish I could tell you where that puts him in the AFC West, but I don't know. <laughs> but luckily, with that, that extra wild card. Yeah, I don't know where that puts him in the West. But I'm saying with what they did and with what they have right now, I'm saying they find a way to win 11 games, and they'll be 11-5. and five. And I don't know what the Chargers and the Broncos are going to do. I don't know what their division record is going to be. So I don't know what that's going to be. But I truly feel that it'll be three playoff teams coming out of the AFC West. Oh, you do think so? Yes. I I actually can be on board with that. The problem is battling for that third spot. That's going to be the tough spot. And that's what I'm saying. So I I believe the way this division is set up, the type of talent that's in this division, what these teams have did, I think three playoff teams will come out of this division. I still think the Kansas City Chiefs will take the division, unfortunately. So I think it's going to be a race for that number two spot, but it's going to be freaking a battle just to not finish dead last. (laughs) Yeah, We're going to see how it goes. I know. That's going to be interesting. Well, for me, I think they'll win – God, I don't want to be such a hater, but I'm going to yeah. – If you say 9 or 10, that ain't getting them to the playoffs. Okay. So 11 is going to sneak well, them in there. I was going to say 10, so uh, you never so know. So you no playoffs? No, the, you, that can still get them into the playoffs. You never know. Um, Look at how last year can, played out. It can, but it's going to be the hair on their chinny-chin-chin. Chin. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. They need, 11, they need 11 games to say, hey, we punching our ticket. Okay, but listen, again, with that extra playoff team added in there, I think their chances are a little better, and I think a 10-win team could get it done. But we, we shall see. So you never know what's going to happen. Different year, different year every year. So AFC West, <laughs> best division in football next year? I don't know about best, but they'll have three playoff teams. <laughs> well, we shall see. That will yeah. be very interesting. Um, anyways, yeah, I'm pretty scared. I'm not going to lie. When I had mentioned on Twitter, I said, man, the AFC West is going to be fun to watch next year. And then all these Raider fans were like, not for us, sad face. I think they got scared with everything, you know, all the oh, moves man. moves that the Broncos made and the additions the Chargers made. And obviously Kansas City just bulking 
up and shoring up their defense because they already have a freaking solid, you know, offense, obviously. So, anyways, and, and that running back at LSU, ooh, I can't wait to see what they do with him. Yeah, but yeah. That's going to be fun. Anyways, I know I like how I'm saying that's going to be fun and we're talking about the Chiefs. Sorry, Raiders fans. It's just we love football. We can't wait to see how all the teams look um, in 2020. But – Raiders, guess what? You're, you're going to look better. You're going to be better. You made a lot of upgrades and key positions. Your roster is better, so just get excited for the 2020 season. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. I hope you enjoyed the show. Till next time, for James, I'm Fallon. We out. Peace.